take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, pleased to be joined today, Juno Award winner and a comedian and actor on Hulu's Hulu, Mr. David Mahesh. Welcome. Thank you for joining. I appreciate it. Not, thank you for having me, bro. So uh, first and foremost, Kanye for president, yay or nay? Uh, 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 yay or nay? Nay, I guess. I don't know. I don't know, man. The the, uh, the person they have now, who knows, man? Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, know. I don't, I don't I mean, know if it'll be worse or better. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, I want to start off uh, a little bit with your journey and um, in stand-up, uh, getting into stand-up. Um, did you always want to be a stand-up comedian uh, originally, or was that something you more fell into? No, I've always wanted to be like a comedian uh and then like into into acting as well like an entertainer basically i just always wanted to entertain cool. from what i can remember um when when did you start uh like when did it first start for you was it like a, a high school talent show where you booking gigs uh open mic nights no it was more or less like i don't know i you know i remember making my mom laugh by making fun of my aunt i was like pretty young and I thought that was like super dope that how she was laughing, my mom. But I think after that, it was more, you know, I wasn't into, I didn't do like school plays or anything like in school or even in high school. I just kind of had this idea that I figured you needed to be like 19 to do comedy. Like I said, you know, I didn't know you could bring up, your parent could bring you. Mm-hmm. So I just waited till I was like 19 to do comedy at a comedy club. So that was like my, my first, like that was the thought process. Right. Um, and, you know, doing a little bit of background and, and you're from Windsor. What was the comedy scene like there? Um, or was it more Detroit? Because I, I went to re- Windsor quite recently and man, there was yeah. nothing there. <laughs> oh, like comedy wise? Yeah, yeah comedy kind of like they had a comedy club uh, like last summer. But I remember, you know, they had a Yuck Yucks there for the longest time. So I would go. It was like from Thursday to Saturday, I believe. And then they started like a battle of the bands on a Sunday and they had like comedians go up before like local and then they would have sometimes the headliner from the weekend stay and do a set. So I remember that's how we really got into it there for me personally, how I got into it. And then we started kind of like rooms around the city, but I would say like I would go over to Michigan, but like, you know, not get paid. It was more of open mics. Right. Um, I'm curious, you know, when, Along this journey, so you're you're starting, um, you know, and like you said, going over to Michigan and, and getting your name out. When did it start to really become kind of a realization that this could be maybe a career for you that you could, you know, sustain have a sustainable living? Um, I always wanted to make it a career, so I didn't even know anything about sustainable living. Right. Like you know, that wasn't a it was just like, I want to be an entertainer. That's all I want to do. So I was like, whatever happens, I guess has got to happen. Like, you know, it wasn't like a thing where I was like, I was in, in, I liked other something else. And I was like, Oh, you know, I got a gig that paid. I was like, you know, this could work. It was like my, I was set on that goal. Like from, from when I was like 14, I was like, I want to do entertainment. So, you know, if, if I can make money off of it, that would be great. But I was like, I wanted to do stand up. I just wanted to entertain. So I didn't really 
it kind of it set in. I was like, it'll set in when it sets in. Cool. Um, so comedy is one of the most interesting things to me because it, it sits on this kind of balance point where, you know, you have a, a lot of people who, who tend to believe that you can kind of say anything with comedy to a certain extent um, based, based on it's because it's jokes. I'm curious, you know, someone like you, um, where do you fall on that kind of debate? Because I think it's really, I think it's just a really interesting topic that, you know, it is comedy like the last kind of safeguard, quote unquote, for, for free speech, I guess you could say. Like, is it, is it like, what do you mean by that? Like you could say, uh, uh, you know, I don't, my material, me personally, I don't really, I don't think I say anything that, you know, where someone's going to be like, you know, you cross the line. It's like yeah. a lot of it is like based on my family. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't really run in personally myself with a lot of like my, you know, my material isn't edgy. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, like where people are like protesting, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. commenting or like you offended me kind of thing. Like, you know, and I personally wouldn't stop anyone. Like, you know, if if you're going to do a joke that you feel it's real to you and it's funny and you're going to attempt to do it, then yeah. If if the joke isn't funny and it's just malice and it's ignorant and, and racist or, or just, you know, then it's like, you know, what are you doing? I would, that's where I would be like, you know, in my head, I'd be like, yo, what, what, what was the point of that? Right. Yeah. Um, well, I'm curious. So you said your style is more based on, you know, your family and, and, and growing up. I was just watching a bit of um, part of your special on uh, the comedians uh, of the world. Of the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your writing process? Where, how do you come up with material and, and you know, come up with good jokes? How do you work it? Uh, you know, usually it's like something, you know, if I have full knowledge in it, like if I can talk from a personal point of view that I like doing it that way because like, you know, it's coming from me and it's, 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 it's like something very personal to me in a sense that, so like if there's stories about my family, like whether I'm chatting with my brother or sister or my dad or mom or whoever, and, and a funny idea comes from that or, or a story comes from that, I'll turn that into a joke. So I'll. I like to run it on stage, obviously. So I'll get up as much as I can and start off with an idea, and then it eventually uh, get it to where it's proper for what for this to be into the set. Is right. how I go. I'll jot ideas down and notes, and and you know, in the phone, on your note note section. Yeah. Um, well, then, so you know, you you can't coming up as a comedian. When did I, I know you said you always wanted to be an entertainer? When did that? transition to, to acting really starts did you kind of just like see a role and get like just pick it out and go for it or no I, I you know I, I it was more you know I, I was doing stand-up and I was like let me just try to find my voice up there and then I was like you know from that I can parlay it into getting into to acting you know but I, I would take classes you know when when I could um and then yeah, I would audition. I, I got an agent in Toronto and I would be sent out for auditions and I was trying to get in that way. And I think the first like the first sitcom uh, I ever did was uh, Mr. D, Jerry D. Uh, I had he'd seen me at Just for Laughs. We'd work together and I mm -hmm. opened for him in Windsor. And then that's how that relationship started. So, you know, 
it was really, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't have done a sitcom in Canada and especially one that's like was super successful, is super successful and so funny. And, and it was such a great thing to be a part of. Yeah. Um, it's funny that like, no matter kind of what your background is, whether it's acting or, or comedy or just a regular job, sometimes you just need that person to, to take a chance on you and, and, you know, put you in that spot where, you know, like you can do it. You just need someone to, to believe in to, that. But. Well, you know, Jerry helped, Jerry helps out a lot of comedians, you know, in, in Canada specifically. So, you know, he gave a lot of comedians uh, chances on his show. So, right. you know, he obviously didn't have to do that, but he did. So it was, it's great. Um, are you currently in Canada right now or did you have to? No. Go ahead. Oh no, sorry. I'm um, I cut you off there. I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, oh really? Right now. That's why I moved. Yeah. So, you know, what's what's the comedy scene in Canada versus um, kind of like the states? Um, you know, I just think it's a it's bigger. You know, obviously, it's just more people, bigger scene, more clubs. You know, more comedians attempting to do it. More. You know, so there's you have that. It's just a, you know, as you know, it's just a bigger population. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you find like, I don't know, with the with the more people and, and more competition, more people trying to make it, especially in LA, like, do you find that like kind of maybe raises your game a little bit, or does it, um, you know, make you work harder? Uh, you know, does it change your mindset at all being there, just knowing that a lot of people? Are yeah. I've been, I've been in America, I've been in America for like since 2015, but like, yeah, it would naturally, you know, you, you, you know, naturally it brings the competition out of you. I feel cause you're like, you see all these people and you know, you're in LA or New York and you, you know, you want to show out and you want to prove yourself. So yeah, it drives you. I think it also does in Canada as well. You know, if you, if, if it's not really on the person, if you want to be the best and and you want to take it to another level, I think you'll, I think you'll strive and push yourself wherever you're at. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Um, well then I'm curious about Rami because that show has got a ton of great review reviews. You know, it's, it's yeah. a, above an eight on, on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes has a, a great, you know, rating. It's won awards. Um, what is that show all about? Um, it's, you know, it's the first season. It was like him trying to find himself and, you know, like in a, in a day, I, I don't want to say like in, a, in like modern time and dealing with faith, like, you know, he has, you know, he's trying to find a balance. You know what I mean? Like, in, and I think that was that first season was like a lot of that journey was that, and then, you know, adding in like his, his relationship with his friends and his family and his and his relationship with relationships with women and stuff navigating right you know on on tv uh you know especially with hollywood you don't see a lot of um i guess positive depictions of of you know the muslim faith and islam and, and anything other than really like a typical white family i know, I know more black sitcoms and, and shows are getting more into the mix do you think this show is kind of like breaking barriers in that sense and, and really starting to shine a light on, 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 a, on a, just a different, I don't want to say way of living, but, you know, just non-traditional TV um, families, uh, 
people. Of course, of course, man. Because like uh, before that, like most of the time, you're getting as a Middle Eastern person, you're getting depicted as like either a terrorist or just like you know, it's like not good vibes. It, it was just like nothing to inspire to, I think, or to be like to look up to. So you know, this this comes along, and you have characters that you you know, you have a show that you can like inspire and be like. They can inspire people to create their own version or their own idea or their own personal experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. Like typically you'll see like a white family and, and, and all the, like multiple, you know, shows like that. This is something very, very unique and it's special. It's also, it's showing faith like the, the in, in a positive manner. I think, you know, like I've heard, this is not from me, but I've heard, I've heard, you know, this is from someone, someone else saying mm-hmm. it. You know, I've heard Rami say it, it. Actually, it's like you know, usually religion is a punchline kind of thing. So, and also you, you know, I learned a lot. I'm a Christian uh, Arab, so I was learning stuff too from filming and watching. So you get to, you get to, you get to learn and you get to understand. And and you know, you may have some like, whether it's like racist or some judgment about the culture or about the religion, and you know, this is showing you. And it's done so well from the writing, from from the acting, and, and you know, it's it's. It, I think it's it's just there's nothing really out there like it. Right. When you know when you're going to auditions and and you're trying out for for different you know things like career activities, I guess you could say for in a in a very stern way. But do you find like you know as a as a person with like middle eastern descent like that you get typecasted in ways like they don't necessarily want to like put you as like a like the the hot main character or heartthrob or you know like the romantic interest or anything like they kind of like narrow your way into a in a box in a way yeah you'll get breakdowns where it's like you know tear like i said terrorist or you know this it, it's yeah i you know starting you know especially in Canada too like I would you know you'd get these roles where part of me was like I don't want to do this I don't want to have an accent and I'm not saying I'm not knocking anyone that wants to do that I'm just it's just me personally I was like I those those type of roles never they didn't interest me I didn't want to do them right um tell me about your character like what do you kind of get into like do you have like a process to try to to get into him what is the character all about on the show for those who do, who don't know oh he's a, he's uh very close to his faith um he's rami's like one of rami's friends and he's always trying to look out for him you know trying to trying to help him i guess uh do the right thing you know he's he's married and he's a doctor you know so i think it's it's that it's about it's about the friendship but so it's it's like, you, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not as close to Christianity as that character is to Islam. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I pray, you know, I don't, I don't go to church as much as I should. So I was even, you know, in that, in, in, in that character, sometimes I'd be like, oh man, I don't, I don't live like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have sometimes that stability there that, that this character has. So it was just interesting to, to play something like that. Do you find yourself, is there a lot of like parallels between yourself and the character? Um, well, some of my anxieties are there. Like the mm-hmm. character has like certain, uh, certain, you know, like how he clean, like I think there was one 
scene where he was like in a strip joint and uh, he put hand sanitizer on. Like I could see myself doing that, you know, especially now, obviously with COVID. But I mean, like in general, some of the anxieties I, 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 I can relate to or me, like I added them in there. Right, right. Um, that, how have you been, you know, with, with set shut down, how many clubs closed? Uh, I know even in LA that they were trying to reopen, but just had to like close back down again. How have you been, like, how have you been keeping? What, what have you been trying to get up to and, and do for work? Um, just like, you know, we, I have a podcast, like, a, well, I'm doing a podcast with, with a couple of co-hosts, like an actual therapist and my co-host oh, Stevos. And, um, you know, we've been working on that for a while. We had recorded a bunch before the lockdown and before the pandemic. So we're, we're finally going to get that out there. So we've been working on that deals with mental health. So we have someone on there professionally to speak on it. And then a comedy album that me and another uh, very funny comedian, Ali Hassan, we're putting out on Friday on July 10th um, that we collaborated together that it's on all, it'll be on all streaming platforms. Are, are you able to talk? I know the podcast isn't out yet, but are you, you able to talk about it? I find it. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's called the beautifully anxious. That's, so that's really interesting. So I, myself, uh, I'm a big mental health advocate. I do yeah. speaking and everything like that. Um, so I'm curious what, like what kind of things are you trying to tackle? Like, um, personal stories uh, yeah you know i'm sweating a lot now uh it's funny because <laughs> i keep grabbing my towels so it's like this guy imagine they're like oh <laughs> he's like full of anxiety but no you know a lot of it most some of it i don't want to say a lot of it is for our personal stories as well and we have like having the therapist on there we're learning a lot about therapy like whether there, there's a lot of i feel there's uh stereotypes about therapy i had them i was like yeah what is it going to really do or you know, you see stuff on TV and you're like, that's how they are, you know? So having a therapist on the podcast, we get to learn a lot. And mm -hmm. there's such, so much vast majority of things I didn't know that I learned through the therapist on there. And, you know, and, and you know, cause it's different from having me and my co-host on there just talking, you know what I mean? We're not, we're not actual therapists, obviously. So it having the therapist on there, it's like, you know, you'll get, a lot more informative things that we can't provide you obviously, but we can also give our personal experience. And I learned a lot, you know, even recording, like I got a therapist halfway through recording the episodes. Like I, I wasn't seeing one. And then I was like, Oh, this is, this, this, this can do wonders. And it does. So, um, and uh, you know, like a lot of, I think a lot, once you start sharing your experience about depression and anxiety, I know for me, it helps like when your friends talk about it or even, strangers you know you just don't you don't feel alone as much you know you're like oh you go through that too and it just i think it helps so much i think if if there's a constant um uh dialogue about it and discussion not just one one day you know how bell does the uh yeah. the, the talks the thing i think it should be more than one day i think i think i just in general i think we should speak on it a lot more and um yeah, I, I found it to be very helpful. So I wanted, so when we were, I was discussing, I was, someone, I was trying to figure out, you know, I was like, maybe, maybe I should do a podcast. And, you know, that idea came, uh, I mean, Fivos, uh, who were discussing it. And we're like, yeah, let's, we both, you know, have anxiety and uh, depression. And we were just chatting about it. And we thought it was a good idea. Yeah, it's, uh, and that freeing feeling, like it, uh, I always equated to that. Once I share it, and it, it's kind of out there with, 
someone in the world that like it it's like a weight the weight kind of yeah like, feels like it's off of me for um, sure man that's like yeah uh, i'm curious because i think it's really important you know someone with your successes for for somebody who is experiencing anxiety and depression and you know feeling that you know that worthless feeling that that failure feeling that lonely feeling you know looking up to someone like you who's speaking about it openly um you know and you know i mentioned off the top like award-winning stand-up comedian like an actor you know i think it's a big deal that you're that you're speaking out about it what are some of the things you do to i know you said therapy in this podcast but what are some of the things you do to try to tackle your anxiety and depression and and still be able to achieve what you're trying to achieve in your career you know like yeah therapy is for me therapy was great because you know it you get homework for you know what i mean in a sense that you know you get you're taught these tools that you know you can apply every day and that that's helped me a lot like i'll take things that the therapist says and i'll apply them and i'll start where you know you have to really put in the work too like it's just like you know you the therapist can talk to you and tell you things but if you're not taking what they're saying and and um uh, adapting it to your everyday life or putting it in there and then it's i don't think you're going to get better you know me personally i've you know i've gotten better on certain things that i was trying to fix through the homework and working on it every day i think that for the for you know speaking with my family and friends having discussions not being afraid to speak about it helps do you know what i mean like in, you know keeping it not keeping it inside and away from the people i love uh you know which i found in the past i would do and it wasn't the best it was detrimental so i feel being more open with the circle you keep it helps a lot too it, hel- it helps calm it, it helps make it better yeah do you practice like any like like mindfulness techniques whether that's you know yoga meditation breathing exercises anything like that uh no i should to be honest like i was working out i still work out like you know what i mean I'll, i'm i you know, it'll go from periods of like, sometimes not like three, four months out of workout, but I found working out, man, when I was doing it on a consistent basis, it helped relieve anxiety. Like mm-hmm. if I had that, if I had the anxiety in my chest and I went for a run or lift weights or, or even walking, um, that helped out a lot. Like I remember, you know, just leaving the gym being feeling, feeling great. Again, like you said, lifting like the weight off your shoulder. Yeah. yeah it. uh, I know I've been saying I've been going to be doing like for the past year, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try meditation. And it's just never, <laughs> never got, got to that point. Um, it's helpful. I know, I know people that do it. So if, if you can, yeah. you know, I got to get around to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious. So you have a, a special, um, like being released on all streaming platforms and it's called, uh, we ain't terrorists. Uh, I, I'm curious about that. Um, by the time this airs, it's going to be already out. Yeah. You know, what, what's all, what are you trying to achieve with something like that? Is that like comedy kind of based on, on your experiences, you know, growing, growing up as your life as kind of, you know, a person of color, the stereo, that typical stereotype that people usually have? Yeah, it was, you know, this was like a long time ago. We, I can't, I was like, trying to get some work in in toronto like as a comic and then i you know i would hear like you know just not me or just on the news or wherever or it's through friends being called like you know someone would make a joke or or to be like yo you're a terrorist and i was like i thought that was just so so messed up 
I remember being like, what? You know, you know, even like, I remember being in school and then someone in like one of my classmates was like, tell your dad, this is around when Saddam Hussein mm-hmm. uh, was like, tell your dad to stop blowing up our country or something like that. I was like, my dad, my dad works at Ford's motor company. Like, it was just like these things where I was like, you know, what if I had a show where, you know, you can call it that, like, oh, it's obvious, you know what I mean? But then you're doing jokes that, you know, like just jokes that not necessarily have to be about your ethnicity. Just to show that, you know, we don't, like, we, we do other things. And we we're, we talk about, we can talk about other things. Like, I grew up playing road hockey, you know what I mean? I feel I had to, to talk about being Middle Eastern for like an hour straight. So I think that was part of the idea I had in my head. But then it was also, you know, talking about things like being called a camel jockey, like, you know, making fun of that. And then so that when people come to the show, we're breaking down these stereotypes. So that's where that originally um, uh, stemmed from. And then I've been doing it for like a while. And then I met Ali Hassan. And then, you know, I loved I loved his comedy. I love the way he hosts. So we started to work together on that. And then we decided to put out an album. So we recorded it in December of this past year at the Comedy Bar in Toronto. Um, and yeah, we wanted to put, to, to, we, we had toured that show together for a while. So we wanted to record it and put it out. So yeah, we're excited about it. The artwork too, we're pumped because, you know, uh, Bill Bri- uh, Bronson is a friend of mine. He's also, he's great at what he does. So just having, you know, that night we did it in Toronto was so fun. So having it recorded and being able to share it with people eventually is, is what we wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. You just mentioned growing up in road hockey. Are you a Red Wings fan? No, no. I, I, I just, I just was given a Jersey yeah. for the uh, Red Wings. I, you know, at the time I don't really follow hockey as much anymore. I believe I was a, I was a Los Angeles Kings fan because of Wayne Gretzky. Mm. I remember that. My gotcha. dad is a big Maple Leafs fan. But yeah, no one in the household, I believe, is a Red Wings fan. All right. Um, I, I'm curious, and it's kind of a deep question, so feel free we can we skip it as, as we go along. But um, I had a gentleman, when, when the George Floyd thing broke and, and everything, I had a gentleman by the name of Asante. Um, and we were talking about racism and how that relates to, to his mental health um, and how he became an advocate. I'm curious, you know, some of those stories, you know, saying, it, you know, the kids saying, you know, tell your dad to stop blowing up things and, and blah, blah, blah. Was there a noticeable big impact with, with kind of that racism and, and playing into your mental health and anxieties and, and as you were growing up and into an adult? Yeah, man, you're like, you know, you're getting called these names. I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily speaking about myself, but just in general, it's just, it's just awful. You're like trying to connect and trying to, trying to hang out with people and then, people other people are like you know you're different because of your skin tone or your skin and like on your race or your ethnicity and then you're just it's like awful it's like awful for anyone especially a child to go through that you need you're, of course you're like you know with not proper meant like getting any help for it you're gonna grow up and feel some type of way why wouldn't you you know mm-hmm. it, it, and nobody should go through that nobody should be at like a playground or anywhere just with racism being thrown at them or, 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 or it's just so hurtful. So I feel it does for sure play into your mental health as mm-hmm. you grow up. I feel it too. Like I look back and there's like certain, certain built up anger that from that, like from years of, of somebody saying some, some racist shit to me that it's built up and you just don't know until you get older. 
and you're like spazzing and you're like, oh man, it's a, it, it derived from there. Mm. Uh, I'm curious. So, you know, not necessarily the faith component of the, the show, Rami, but if, you know, a show like that um, with, with people of color and, and not just that typical, you know, friend Seinfeld type show on TV growing up in the 90s and uh, in, in late 80s, you know, what would a show like Rami have done to uh, like you as a kid, as a teen with that, that representation on, on TV to show that, you know, it's not just, you know, terrorists and true lies uh, in movies and, and all those like TV shows. Like what, what have that really helped like build like any self-esteem confidence uh, in yourself, like growing up? Of course you, you, you see something on screen that's like, you know, you can inspire to be like, you're like, you know, like Rami wrote the, wrote and, you know, developed this show and he's like Middle Eastern, like, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, you know, you're trying to get into comedy or writing or acting. That's so inspirational to see. And, you know, sometimes I feel too, like, you know, not, not separate from that point is like, you know, it, in Canada, there is a lot of racism that we don't talk about. It is like, you know, we like judge, we look at America and we're like, yo, we're not them, but like, there's a lot of racism in Canada you know, to like ethnicities, especially the natives, like it's just so, it's so bad that we need to start talking. We can't look at them and, and be like, they're wrong. We're wrong as well. We got to start addressing stuff in our own backyard. And um, even like, you know, you look at the uncle on Rami, you know what I mean? The, the How, you know, he comes, he's, there's some race, you know, I've had an uncle like that. They've said racist stuff where it's just like, why are you like, this is a, this is like not good behavior. We need to fix this. I remember being a kid, and like hearing my uncle speak things like that, where I was like, I knew it wasn't right. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't, I wasn't, in, I wasn't like, I just knew it wasn't right. I was young and I just knew that it, this was not the right thing. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's, it's a good point. And yeah, Canada, we always like to say we're the, the nice people and to an extent we are, but you know, the, yeah, the racism here is, yeah. It's, it's almost just as bad, just not quite as Yeah, bad. dude. Yeah, it's just we need to talk about it more, and it needs to come to the forefront about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm curious, what was winning a Juno like? Um, you know, that that's pretty much the highest honor you can win as a, as a Canadian in Canada. Like, was that something you even thought was a, a possibility? No, because the comedy category wasn't even around until, like, I want to say when Ivan Decker, when I, it was, it was, it was around, but it was like a long hiatus and Ivan Decker, I think that was, that uh, be like what, three years ago, maybe, or two years ago when he won it. Something like it was that. in Vancouver. Yeah. He won it. And then, yeah, I didn't think, and then I applied for it and yeah, I wasn't even, then when I got nominated, I was super thrilled. And I, yeah, I like, look, you know, you always want to win. Like that just be, yeah, I, I'd be fooling you. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here and, and lie to you. Like I was like, yeah, I, I want to win hands down. Should I win? Yeah. Like uh, you have to come in with that mentality. You know, if you don't have that mentality, like what are you mm -hmm. doing this for? So, uh, but when I won, I was like, I was, I was like, this is, yeah, I'd never thought I'd win a Juno. Yeah. And then you know, just like getting on Netflix. Cause that seems like kind of the next thing for comedians that Netflix has this, well, I don't know for sure. I don't, I'm not behind it, but seemingly has this great network of comedy, and you know, is constantly yeah. putting out new specials. What did 
what did that do for your career um, once once you got on that and that, that it was released? You know, just just as a goal for myself to like be able to do a half hour special on a platform like that was good for me. Uh, you know, I, I, I tried not thinking about anything else after that. Like I thought about it, but I didn't want to let like either get my hopes up or down. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. I have no control of that. I, you know, they recorded it, they put it out and then, you know, I did the I did the job. I went and performed to my best ability. Whatever happens after that happens. You know, it was such a it was such a thrill, man. It, my little brother was there. It was filmed in Montreal, which was amazing to be to be in Canada doing that club soda. The audience's audience was lit. Like in a sense, the energy they were great, and I had so so what a it's such a memorable night for me. Mm -hmm. and I, I was just great. I was just happy to be a part of it. How hard is it to put together, you know, a 30 minute special um, or, or a 30 minute set or, you know, even an hour set, you know, when you're going into it, I don't think a lot of us as an audience or, or consumers understand the work that goes into putting like that much time and, and performing for that amount of time. Like, is it, is it, it's a really difficult process. For sure, man. You're like, there's like, hours of work into it you know you gotta you gotta go up as much as you can on stage to refine it and get it sharp and get it get a proper order for it like it's just you're putting together whether it's a half hour an hour is is, is not an easy process so i commend anyone yeah that does it how many times do you hear oh you're a comedian uh like i could be a comedian i'm pretty funny i make people laugh Oh, too many times, man. It's just, but you know what it is? It's like, you know why? Cause it's like, I feel, you know, this is just my theory. It's like everybody has somebody in their crew that thinks they're super funny. You know what I mean? Everybody, everyone. And even if the crew doesn't think that guy's funny or that girl's funny or whoever is, they think they're funny, you know? So, you know, but not everyone in a crew has, has someone that plays like the, the, like a clarinet, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. or a, like, like a wild, like a, like a, so I feel that's why sometimes hecklers are like, well, I'm funny. I'll heckle the shit out of this person. Like, it's just not the same. You cracking jokes that is not the same as going up on stage, obviously. It's just, a, it's an art form. It's a complete, well, it's just not, it's just a complete different thing. Like, you know, I don't want to get too like uh, artsy about it. It's just, it's, it's something people work on. They put together a joke. There's like, there's, there's a, there's a structure to it. It's not as easy as you sitting in front of your, then now put on lights and then you're in front of strangers that you don't even know, add that other element of anxiety. It's completely, completely different. It shouldn't be taken like that loosely when you're like, I could be a comedian. Like, I think you should rethink that statement before it comes out. It's yeah, no, very hard. It's a, it's a good, it's a good point that it, uh, it is an art just like as if you were a musician uh you know singing playing guitar in front of an, an audience yeah the exact it's a, it's a, it's hella disrespectful too it's just like why are you saying that you should know better yeah like just because you you do a couple of jokes a week or something like that to your uncle or, or your your grandmother or whoever it's just very disrespectful to watch someone do 45 minutes and and control an audience like that and then you get off and then you've had like five drinks and you're, you know, you're, you can't even probably drive yourself home. And you're like, you know, I can do what you do. It's just like, I don't know, man. I, I used to think it would be, I used to be like, oh, whatever. Now I'm like, I don't even want to hear that. 
Yeah, because you put in you put in the work, you put in your yeah. dues, you know, you've been grinding this whole it's time. It's like insane, dude. It's like it's like if I shot a basketball twice and I just see some <laughs> professional basketball player and I'm like, Oh man, I play basketball too. And they're like, <laughs> oh, okay. <Mike>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think they they understand too that um, you know, even professional comedians like they can they have rough nights. They can bomb. They can um, yeah. you know, be put through the, the ringer a little bit. That It's not all just going up and getting all these laughs and stuff like that. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, it's interesting. Do you have people that you look up to as comedians, like, uh, like particular favorites that, that you really like to follow and that just you think – really kind of help transcend the art form of course like you know bill burr uh dave chappelle um sebastian menescalco um like even like you know like uh rami yusuf mo ammer these are guys that like i look to and like certain things they do i you know i try to ref like you know what i mean like i'm inspired by it um nathan mcintosh he's canadian he's uh Halifax originally, but lives in New York. He's been on a bunch of late nights, all I think pretty much all the late nights. Uh, just his writing and 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 his subject manner is like is, inspires me. Mm -hmm. You got uh, uh, like Sarah. You got Sarah Hennessy. You have Arthur Simeon, um, Alex Pavone. These are all uh, working comedians that that I you know like Keith Pedro and Nick Reynoldson. Um, Sandra Badalini, these are all like people really doing it, putting it down. And, you know, that I, you know, even though we might be friends and, you know, I've been around them, I'm still inspired by, you know, their their work ethic and what they do on stage. Yeah. I'm glad you like highlighted so many names that, you know, aren't necessarily those, they're, they're headliners, but like they're, when you think of people who just are kind of loosely associated with, with comedy, like they, those names yeah. don't come up. I think it's important because, you know, comedy over, uh, I would say the last two, three, four years has come on under a, a lot of fire. You know, you had the, the Louis C.K. scandal and kind of a lot of fallout with that. You just had Chris D'Elia and, and everything yeah. like that. That, you know, there's, there's a part of people that think comedy is kind of like a, a little bit of a sleazy party business, but there's actually like, tons of people who are, are putting it down just because they're not hyped on a, on a big podcast or, or anything like that or getting Netflix specials every year. Yeah, you got to like, you know, there's a lot of people. It's just you got to do your research, you know, like uh, Jared Campbell. I, you know, I'm trying to get as many names that I, that I, <laughs> that I, that I love through comedy. Al, Ali Hassan, uh, obviously, um, you know, K. Trevor Wilson, who's on a letter kenny just a lot of people really doing their thing man andrew schultz you know uh akash saying like these are these are you know you just gotta it's like it's like in music you know what i mean like you know i research i try to find artists all the time just for my own sat satisfaction of like you know what's new what's what's popping what's what's inspiring so i think we're doing doing a lot of that i i find that i like doing that with with uh, music and comedy yeah, well, one of the most interesting things I I kind of stumbled across as I was kind of like prepping and, and, and getting some background that there's still comedy albums kind of being 
put out. I didn't realize that was oh, a yeah. thing. I thought everything was kind of special based. No, there's a lot of like, you know, comedy records and Howl and Roar are like Canadian ones, right? Um, that, you know, if you're a Canadian, especially, you know, I, I, I would I would get into because they're putting out content on a regular basis. And it's funny is like, you know, Canadian artists or just Canadians are always like, you know, they need to start researching and start promoting Canadian artists instead of waiting for them to go to America, pop off and go, I support you. I'm like, no, man, support them from the jump. You know what I mean? There's that, there's that problem I have, you know, and that's why I try to like, uh, I try to like find Canadian artists as well. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and support, you know, like whether it's in music, like 88 glam, um, uh, Sean, uh, uh, you saw, yeah. 88 glam is, is Toronto based. They're on EXO late, or I think they, they were, but you know, the weekend, uh division like our like artists like that magic jordan like just like you know what i mean like uh just re i guess researching man you know supporting yeah. i just like that because like i would like someone to support me so you know we we i grew up in like on a border town so i was watching a lot of american tv and even i back then remembering i'm like oh that's canadian like why would where is that why am i saying that like that, that comes from somewhere. So I, as I got older and got into inter into the entertainment, I didn't want to do that. Cause I remember saying that I was like, oh, they're Canadian. And I just didn't like that, how yeah. it sounded coming even from me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I, I, uh, I work in radio, so I, I definitely get that, um, you know, that Canadian content type representation and, and, and yeah, dude, it's like we're next people. We were doing it like even TV is gone. It was just great, like Shit's Creek, yeah. uh, oh, Mr. D, Baroness yeah. Vaughn sketch, Mr. D, Letter Kenny, um, Kim's Convenience. There's like a lot of product being put out that we should be proud of uh, as a country. Is there uh, so like for musicians uh, in Canada, like you know they have um, I think it's called SoCan, and you know kind of like a federally mandated institution that helps prop them up and, and gives them money and puts them on on uh, radio and stuff like that does does comedy have the same thing like is there that support well, now because... uh cast right sandra badalini um monty scott adam Rowe, like that they, they there is a thing if you look it up they i think it started maybe a few years ago it's like almost like a, I, I don't want to say a union but it just looks out for the comedians right. The, in the community and it tries to help them um in, in 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 all aspects i guess like you know to help them get the right business yeah you know they, it kind of looks out for them being treated well which sometimes as you know like entertainers may not get treated well so they that cast is like looks out and it's great sandra battellini is doing an immense amount of work right, right. their whole committee if you if you look it up, it's all they're they're doing great. From yeah, because as um, you know, we're we're always talking about Canadian culture and promoting Canadian and, and and even that whole support local movement. That you know, is everybody kind of getting that that backing? Um, whether no matter what your your art form is, I guess you could say whether it's painted art, sculpting to comedy to music. Yeah, that you have that. What? what's next because i know right now it's 
it's kind of very uncertain and, and especially in America where you know COVID cases are on the rise what you know what are what are the next couple months look looking like for you for, for uh you know I you know the pot just getting this album out you know we've been working on it since December so getting it out pushing it and 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 you know hoping people enjoy it and seeing what the feedback about it is and then the podcast um the beautifully anxious mm-hmm. and so, then writing and like you know uh, you know writing like i show ideas and what i can do you know just keeping yeah. myself busy yeah yeah have you tried any of that the, the zoom comedy i know i know that's kind of no no I, <laughs> I, no no not yet man i'm not i'm not i'm not in yet so i don't know maybe maybe i I'm not knocking it either. If you if, yeah. if that's what you're doing and you're doing well on it, then uh, by by any means, man, keep doing it. I personally haven't haven't uh, uh, been inspired to do it yet. Do you do you miss performing? Miss touring? Miss of course, of course, man, of course. But you know, safety first, right? Yeah. This is like this is like more. This is just a, a beyond stand up comedy, and and my my me missing comedy. It's it's about it's about health. Mm-hmm. Good safe. Well, man, I appreciate you joining me today. Um, Thank you for having me. Sorry yeah. about the sweating, bro. <laughs> I'm sweating here too. It's uh, you know yeah. Ottawa right now is, is uh, yeah. I guess it, it's like 35 degrees right now, so I'm yeah, feeling it's, it too. It's hot over here. Dude. Um, lots of def- different stuff coming out. So best of luck to you. Where can people follow Thank you? Thank you, uh, Where can they follow you to make sure they're up to date with with everything coming? Oh, usually Instagram. So it's like Dave Merhej, D-A-V-E-M-E-R-H-E-J-E. That's the handle on Facebook and Twitter as well. So I post a lot of stuff on there. Post any anything that's coming out will be on there. Right. And there's a great New York Post article. Uh, you can Google too that uh, came out of Oh, yeah. That, yeah that's so. super dope. Super dope. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, really appreciate it. Best of luck. Thank you. Look, look forward to uh, listening to the, the new album for sure. Oh, man. Thank you, bro, again. (laughs) You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.